Next Chapter Podcasts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The 500 The 500 J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition So it ain't nothing to new Hundreds more to go And in need of a friend The king of peace for Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end with my man J.M. On the 500, talking the 500 until the end. I mean, you gotta open the podcast the way he opens the record, dude. Because when you put out a banger... A banger like Big Shot. I mean, this is this is off of like his Volume One and Two greatest hits. Uh, but if you want to know where it's from, it's from his 1978 record, 52nd Street, by Sir Billy Joel. I don't know if he was inducted into like that British shit, but dude, Billy Joel is royalty. It's also number 354 out of 500 on my show, The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. Sup, Lee's Army? How you guys living? What's new in my world? I'm in New York. I'm at the Comedy Cellar. I'm at the stand. Check uh, my website, joshadammyers.com, for all tickets. Uh, I'll be at Moon Tower Comedy Festival September 22nd through the uh, 25th in Austin, Texas. I'll be at Skankfest. I'll be at Just for Laughs Cancun. Uh, I'll be in Vancouver. I'll be in Edmonton. My agent should book me in more shows. I don't know why they don't, but I'm having a great time doing this podcast. And uh, I appreciate all the new Patreon subscribers. Thank you guys. Uh, help support this show, man. Support, please. There's a lot of great people working on it. And if you pay $5 or more a month, uh, you help. You really do help. And if you love the show and you're listening, you're getting it for free. So if you can chip in a couple bucks a month uh, to help support us, uh, it would mean the world to me, man, because it's expensive. You think Adam is free? Adam's not free. Go to patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. Uh, and uh, you can also annihilate that subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, every Thursday, guys. Every Thursday. That's when we post them to YouTube. Get them for free. All right. I want. I didn't want to spend a lot of time talking because I wanted to get into Billy Joel. This is, uh, this is where this podcast gets fun. When you start getting into the artists that you already love. So you can talk about them. Naturally, you don't have to do all the research. I still did. A little bit of research, but when you can just dig the fucking... This would have been a good episode to have Morty here, because Morty is like... He, I know he loves Billy Joel. A big shout out to Morty, at DJ Morty Coyle. We love you. We miss you. Uh, he's killing it right now. Um, but I remember, and I'll talk about it, Morty did his birthday party once in, uh, at, at Canner's Kibitz Room, and he he did uh, Side One of uh, Glass Houses by Billy Joel, and it just... It's where the first time I heard All for Lena. It's where... 
you know, it's just, it's such a great record. And Billy is just such a great artist and such a big artist in my life. Um, but this was a record I'd never really listened to. I, and it's crazy too, because there's so many good songs on it that I knew. Um, well, the first half, you know, we'll get to that. So this was a Dipsy Doodle. Um, this was a Dipsy Doodle, man. This was definitely Doodle. This was definitely a fun one. Uh, and to, to have two guests, to be a two guests, legends in my life. My guests today are uh, Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy. And you might know them as two out of the five members of Broken Lizard. If you don't know who Broken Lizard is, they've made some of the funniest movies out there. They made Super Troopers, which is fucking legendary. Club Dread, which is a banger. And then Beer Fest, which is hilarious. And they got a great TV show on True TV called Tacoma FD. Check it out. You can watch it on HBO Max, the first two seasons. And they got a brand new season coming out. Man, I was I had so much fun doing this one today. I'm literally we just wrapped recording it and I'm like glowing from it because they man the the chemistry these two guys have and they're just they're comics and they get it. So it's just fun. This is what makes me want to continue doing this podcast when you get you get guests like this, man. Um love it. Rate review and most importantly subscribe to the 500 listen free on all platforms if you're listening on if you're listening if you're listening on Apple uh, leave us a five star rating and leave a review it helps a lot man follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media uh, I want to break twenty thousand by the end of the year uh, we're at, we just hit nineteen come on man follow me stop fucking around at Josh Adam Myers email the podcast at 500 podcast at gmail.com Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. And for all tickets to my shows and what's going on in my career, go to joshadamayas.com. Well, nothing left to say, but here we go with number 354 of the 500 with 52nd Street by BJ Billy Joel. What's up, Fleece Army? Before we get into this pod, I want to take a quick second to tell you about our new sponsor, Keeps. You guys know that on the show, I often joke about how I am in my 40s, which are the best years of my life, but I do look like I'm in my 60s. Whoever wrote that joke is terrible. The only thing that keeps me from looking like I'm in my 80s is my full head of luxurious hair. And I've got to tell you guys a secret. I have been using Keeps for a few years I take the drops, I take the pills, and my hair is staying put. But the truth is, two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they are 35. Some of y'all in your 20s. So I can't recommend enough the company keeps. It's a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. They offer super convenient virtual doctor consultations so you don't have to go to the doctor. You can do it all online. The medication is delivered straight to your door every three months and they have treatments that start at $10 a month. And the packaging is nice and discreet so you can keep it down on the low low so nobody knows you're going bald bald. If you tried other hair loss treatments without any success and think this will be more of the same, just check out the customer testimonials. Trust me, man, this stuff works. Morty got me onto it. He was, I said, Morty, you're 52. Like, how do you have a full head of hair? And he goes, keeps, you know, if you're freaking out about your head, like keeps will work. It will work. It'll keep what you have. That's why it's called keeps. Don't you want to keep what you have? If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com. 
keeps.com. That's K-E-E-P-S.com slash jam 500 to receive your first month of the treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S.com slash jam 500, J-A-M 500 to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash J-A-M five zero zero keeps dot com slash jam five hundred. And now back to the pod. I'm just a comic that likes music and I'm trying to listen to these records. So I feel like Adam needs a nickname then. Like uh you know how it's like you know, you'd be like, hey, numbers, uh, type up the thing for me. Like, what? Adam, <laughs> it's, Adam just looks like he's in a comic book store, like back room. You know what I mean? Whatever he's got on his wall. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is uh, the Avengers uh, series uh, 4.2. You know, when they had a different artist, Alan Moore came in and it was really good. We could call him uh, comics or we could call him Meltdown. What's up, Meltdown? <laughs> Dude, he, he, is, he has yet to fuck up. That's why I love him. Adam, yeah, the other is all guys. That shit in your brain, though. I mean, is all that shit in your brain, Adam, or do you get it? You know, you're <laughs> no, just I do the research. Like, if it's a band okay. I know, like you know, then it comes easier to me. Like we did, we're doing Kanye West next, and that one is going to be a lot of research, not off the top of my head, kind of stuff. Okay. But Billy Joel, man, you got that, you got that going, right? I mean, yeah, that was the last concert I saw in New York before I moved to California. How do That's I? True. Yeah. How do I leave New York without seeing him at least once? So, sure. are you a native New Yorker? Brooklyn, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. See, I'm, I'm you should tell with his attitude and his like, yeah, don't, like, don't, don't, don't. like the last concert I saw was uh, Billy Joel. He was playing uh, at the Barclays. You know, it was a good show. He's got some stuff. You know, he played some of the newer stuff. You know, we get us in New York. We get the unreleased tracks from Billy Joel. It's what this, they send it to us in the mail. If you get the subscription to the New York Times. Uh, but me and Mandy, we went to the concert. It was good. It was a good show, you know what I mean? No, he did Mandy really liked it. I didn't like it so much. He it. did Zanzibar. He played Big Shot. Yeah, no, he did scenes from an Italian restaurant. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? A little too long. A little too long. It's a long song. It's like five songs in one. All right, let's dive into this because, all right, so we got two, I mean, like I already said before, like I'm a fan of both of you guys. Uh, I don't think I've ever been higher for a movie than when I went to see, uh, when I went to see, <laughs> actually, I got to say this because, uh, all right, so I got high and I went to go see Passion of the Christ Yeah, and I'm Jewish and I walked, I was like, dude, I can't watch this dude get beaten any longer. And I snuck out of that movie and I went to go see Club oh, Dread yeah. and I fucking laughed my <laughs> ass off, dude. Dude, oh. I laugh my so much better than Passion of the Christ. We're the only one. Like that was the whole point. They released that movie in that weekend because they thought no, no, you know, nobody would go see Passion of the Christ. And every fucking person in America saw Passion of the Christ. Dude, it was me. Oh, you. And it was you. me. It was me and three other people that all walked out of Passion <laughs> of the Christ. All Jews. We were like, I don't know why I paid for Passion yeah. of the Christ. I knew how this was going to end, but Club Dread. And I loved it. And so the but, fact that I got both of you guys, man, for, for the for the BJ episode. Mm. Billy Joel, everybody. We're not talking about BJ Singh, right, the man. golfer. Okay. So who wants to go? Who wants to go first? Who wants to tell me their their history with Billy Joel? Uh, go, go, Queen. Go. Okay. I mean, I I was a huge Billy Joel guy. Um, you know, and I got this album. I remember getting this album. And I had all the Billy Joel albums, you know. So um, but uh, 
I, you know, The Stranger, which was the previous album. Yes. I thought was the greatest fucking album in the history of the world, including Scenes from Italian Restaurant, which I think yes. is his greatest song. And, um, <laughs> and I remember getting 52nd Street and being so excited. And I thought it was a little softer, honestly, than, than the last album. And, um, you know, I think Big Shot and My Life and Honesty and those songs. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I got, got a jazz guitar. guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I can dance the old man's car. Yeah. I was slightly a, a little disappointed. But, you know, I, I ended up, you know, loving it and singing along. And then, then I bought Glass Houses next. So it was okay. But, but take uh, me, but when was the first time? Because for like me, I remember my mom driving me to like Hebrew school when I was like four or five <laughs> years old. And my mom had the the Billy Joel Greatest Hits volume one and two, which arguably is one of the best greatest hits uh, records of all time. Absolutely. It oh, is yeah, from absolutely. start to finish a perfect record. Um absolutely. Everything, because his hits are are hits. They're anthemic. They're they're so Billy Joel, and they're so they're just perfectly crafted songs. So so when did you first hear him? Because obviously, if you're buying the albums, that means you have money in your account at that point, you know. So yeah, well, my mom bought the album. Oh, you know, okay, yeah. you know, it, she also bought him his first cell phone. Just saying, okay, <laughs> dude, I'm on my mom's cell phone plan still. I've been on it for 15 years, bro. I'm riding that shit out till she dies. Like Verizon all the way. I haven't paid a phone bill in 15 years. Love you, mom. She's in the other room. <laughs> no, but so, so Kev, like when oh, did you first hear Billy? or 78? It was 78, right? Is that this what one was 78. This one's 78. Yeah, right after The Stranger, which is his biggest record and considered his greatest work of art, yes. which you're right. Everything off of The Stranger is phenomenal. And you know what's funny is much like this record is like you got the hits up top, which yes. this is a very, very top heavy record. But the but songs. Like that, though. He's a first side guy, Billy Joel. Yeah. Like his first sides on all his albums are fucking great. And then you get to the second side and you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> Experiment. Well, Hold on a second. Hold the fuck on. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm tired of this fucking conversation. All right. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till we talk about Stiletto. But okay. Stiletto is one of the finest fucking Billy Joel songs ever. I don't want to hear. I know he's top heavy, but you're top heavy too, Heffernan. All right. <laughs> you're all torso and no fucking legs. You're a Billy Joel record. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> This is a great fucking record. Dude, I'm using that on somebody. Dude, you're built like a Billy Joel record. You're top heavy. You, got, you, don't, you don't do squats. Do some squats. Yes, <laughs> if you look at Heffernan's lower body, like if you just look at the lower body, that's a skinny man's muscular lower body. <laughs> and if you do the same thing for the top, it's a different, it's an entirely different thing. Like a Billy Joel album. Yeah, dude, you're robust up top, dude. You're full flavored. You know what I mean? It's it's scenes from an Italian restaurant. It's all for Lena. You're all for Lena from from the belly button up, bro. All for Lena. <laughs> Wait, so so how old were you, Kevin, when you first heard Billy Joel? Was it like a mom thing? Yeah, I feel I like that's it was a mom thing, but it was Piano Man. Piano Man was the first. What was that? Like seventy four or something like that? Seventy five? I don't know what, what Piano Man was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, this well, is my right? Yeah, Adam. What what year was Piano Man? 73. Ooh, someone's Which looking is, at a Wikipedia uh, page. Uh, I'm not, I'm guessing. <laughs> second best album. Uh, and so definitely, you know, Piano Man was the first thing, and, and, and those had, like, dangerous songs like Captain Jack and, you know, stuff yeah. like that, you know? And I think yeah. uh, that was the first one. And then after that, I just got all his albums, you know? 
and it was you know turnstiles and um you know and then and then ultimately a stranger and then and then this one um 52nd street so i was like i was hooked billy joel you know i would were sit you... in the living room play those albums so were you is this middle school high school yeah it was uh, no i was uh, i was probably like 10 or 11. yes that's you know, like the like first get start first getting your albums you know what i mean and yeah. uh, my brother was listening to rush and I was in the other room listening to Zanzibar. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 and then the other one is Dongy Dingy, Dongy Doo, and your doodly doo. That's every Rush song ever. He's got his dad's jazz guitar. Well, listen, there is a there is a correlation between Zanzibar and Rush. I was actually thinking about it yesterday. I was listening oh. to Zanzibar. Like when I was a kid, and I'll get into my backstory momentarily, but when I was oh, a, yeah. When I was a kid, Zanzibar was the one, when I heard that one, that, that fucked me up. Because I was like, it was a word I had never heard before, Zanzibar. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, and, and that reminded me of Rush. Honestly, yesterday I was listening to the record because Rush was the group that I was listening to. Where also, I didn't understand what the fuck they were talking about. Like Bastille Day, I'm like, what? Like, you know, <laughs> these are just these kind of complex, you know, more philosophical lyrics that uh, don't make any sense to a 10 year old. Anyway, yeah. carry, on, carry on with your backstory. No, no, but let me, I mean, I think your thing is probably more, is an interesting situation because like, to me, uh, another thing about Billy Joel at that age for me was the myth of New York City, you know? Yeah. His album, his songs are all such about New York. And it was mm-hmm. about going to bars in New York and going to clubs in New York. All his songs are about that. And uh, uh, at that time. And so, you know, I'm sure for you at 12 years old, you were going to Studio 54, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, no, Kevin knows. Kevin knows. I was going to Studio 54 at age 14. 14. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And because uh, my friend's mom, my best friend's mom was a, uh, was a very uh, famous socialite. And, uh, and she would she would bring us up to the front gate of Studio 54 at age 14 and be like, come on, Christina, really? And she'd be like, yes, it's my son and his friends. And they're like, Jesus fucking Christ. All right, go to the back. And we'd, and we'd go out to the back alley and, and get led into Studio 54 and watch. And Christy Brinkley was there and, and others, you know, like doing their, their things. Uh, I don't know if you're fucking with me or you're being 100% serious right now. Because you're, there's, you're 100% serious. Yeah. Serious, yeah. Hey, this is Chris Santos, host of Delirious Nomads, the Blacklight Media Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Delirious Nomads is a podcast about all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports. And me being a chef and all, we'll be riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. Yeah. This, like, uh, so this... <laughs> <laughs> this album, like like Billy Joel for me was like uh, was my sister's thing. Yeah, like you know she was three and a half years older than me, and she would at Christmas time, and this is you know like uh, when really honestly like WABC and WNBC radio kind of fucking mm-hmm. ruled. Yeah, and, like, and some of the big hits were like 
Chuck Mangione, you know, like, like, like top 10 was like a trumpet song. And then right, right. the best trumpet song ever, ever. Yeah. It's not Miles Davis. <laughs> and, and uh, like, you know, when like you love, I love you just the way you are. Like that song dominated the airwaves before this. And I, I remember always back then being like, this isn't totally rock and roll to me, but my sister would get the records for Christmas. And she had all the cool ones. Like she had like blondie parallel lines and she got like sticks with like the woman right up on the cover with the eye and like, and Billy Joel, I remember she, she had the stranger, you know, and it was like, Billy Joel's up there. He's like lazy eyed. Like he looks like a, an Olive Garden commercial guy, you know, like a hungry, sleepy looking <laughs> Italian dude. He's adorable. Not the main guy, not the main guy, the cousin who, you know, they're like, and, and then cousin Gino did something he's never done before. He reached for his wallet. You know, like that was Billy Joel. <laughs> and, uh, and then she got 52nd Street. And like, I remember seeing the cover of that where he's on the trumpet in like a fucking dirty alley. And like, and it did, you know, Kevin's right. It did like, even listening to this yesterday, it, it brought back, a, I had a visceral reaction. Sure. Here are a lot of memories. Yeah. And it's like, cause you know, he's talking about like in big shot right off the bat, like, you know, the park Avenue clothes going uptown and, you know, uptown to Elaine's, yeah. you know, and like I was at Elaine's and Elaine's fuck is a bar. It's a bar. <laughs> and like, uh, but like, that's where the Rangers celebrated the Stanley cup in 94 and like, but it's a bar on like, like, you know, 91st and second. And, yeah. uh, but apparently that was the hot spot. But I remember like seeing Elaine's with my father who's from Argentina. And I'd be like, what's that place? He'd be like, it is a singles bar. <laughs> and like, he would say like, it was where degenerates hung out. Like, oh, that is a singles bar. <laughs> As opposed to a couple bar, I guess. I don't know. So like, uh, you know, so so for me, yeah, there was there was like a, a lot of it, so New York, and all the songs he sung about were were New York, and they were dirty, and there was something grimy about them, and uh, and he looked the part, like he looked like a, a scumbag from New York a little bit, you know. Do you think so like, does, they shot that album? Like uh, I was thinking, like that album cover for Fifty Second Street. Like, do you think he tried different instruments? Like each time, like they, hey Billy, hold this trumpet, and then they'd give him the saxophone. Now hold the saxophone. <laughs> You know, hey, let's get the piccolo. Let's get the piccolo in there. And then they okay. They like the trumpet picture the best, so they gave him yeah. the trumpet. You look natural with that. Hold hold it casually, like you're about to play. Now 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 hold it like you just finished playing. Hold this trombone. Now hold this trombone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can we get those pipes in the picture too? Yeah, the pipes. Yeah. That's so New York. And that gate. I mean, this is my favorite era of Billy Joel. Looking at that. I oh, mean, definitely. first of all. First of all, his hair is incredible. It's it's very Mitch Mitchum, drummer from Jimi Hendrix. So it's yeah. like white man Afro, which I love. I always, you know, I always said if I was black, I would either do Afro or Jerry Curl. <laughs> um, oh, but you know what? I was looking at pictures of him. There's pictures of him from like the late 60s. Like he was in a, a two-man group or something like that. Adam, you got to find one of those. They're, uh, what was the name of it? Like Attila or something? I can't remember what it was. <laughs> there's some great shots of him in the 60s. Just in a fucking, you know, with a like a grungy mustache, and you're like, okay, there's Billy Joel, but he cleaned it up for the '70s, man. Adam's doing it. There's, He's doing it. You know what? While, while he pulls up that picture, I, I gotta say this: even though he's he's trying to look tough in that photo, Billy Joel, 
and we got to be honest, might be the most adorable human being I have ever seen. The guy <laughs> is five foot five. Wait, where is Billy Joel in the picture? That's Billy Joel right there. Yeah. It's him in the breastplate. Yeah. <laughs> I see it. I see. <laughs> Look at those eyes. Look at those eyes. So good. <laughs> Can we get a little bit of Attila? I got to hear this. I got to hear some Attila. Like, like the backstory of that group, like he stole that guy's wife and then the group broke up. Dude, that's, dude, Kev, that's what I'm saying about <laughs> Billy Joel, dude. Right. He might be the most charismatic man in the world. His music is so charming and yep. sweet and it's influenced by some of the greatest artists like the Rolling Stones and, and even I think Elton probably makes yep. his way in and they're Beatles. But dude, there has to be something said about this charisma because he is bagging supermodels. Sure. Christy wow. Brinkley. Well, Billy Joel, Billy Joel is one of the all-time most underrated pussy hounds in, in the world. Can I say Ever. That? You know what his, his move was? So Christy Brinkley once described how she met Billy Joel. She, they were, she was at a hotel, like a fancy one, and she went into the, the ballroom. She heard this beautiful piano music coming from the ballroom, and she went in there, and Billy Joel was alone in there playing the piano. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, right that, now. you know that's his, his <laughs> fucking go-to move, right? Oh, yeah, it's dude. There, and when the woman that comes in and checks on him that is hot enough, then he – and and I was thinking about this too. That's the equivalent of us going into a ballroom at a hotel and just doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. Until yeah. a woman came in and was like blown away by how funny we were. You guys we are doing really suggestions. Jokes. Yeah. Yeah. But they're but they're awesome. But you're awesome at them. You guys, you guys, you guys are up there. You're like, so uh, I just need the name of a city and uh, give me a job that you want me doing right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. What are you doing over there, baby? Oh, I'm sorry. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but wouldn't you, wouldn't you, wouldn't that be your go-to move if you were a classically trained pianist and Absolutely. you're, you're five foot five. So he has to do whatever <laughs> he can do. Cause I say this on stage, dude, if you're five foot five and you're getting puss, like yeah. you must be the most charismatic dude in the world because it's, keep this in mind, when women describe perfect men, it's tall, dark, and handsome. Right. Tall is first. That right. means, I mean, you could look like sloth, like sloth from Goonies could get pussy because he's six five. Yeah. He's killing it. Yeah. But then they're like, after, after the women have fucked en enough of those guys and gotten dicked over by enough of those guys, they're like, what I really want is a safe guy with a skill. Yeah. Enter, <laughs> enter Sandman. We just walk in all short and shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. say your prayers, I won't hurt you. I am five foot two. Yeah. Come on, what we do? But he's yeah, doing right. it on the piano. He's doing it on the piano, you know? <laughs> right. Which is sense I got to ask this because we're talking about it. Like, because I've done that. My go-to move was being at the party, seeing the guitar and being like, oh, you guys want to hear Big Empty by Stone Temple Pilots and then going into that <laughs> shit? I mean, what do you have a go-to move, Steve? What was your go-to? Like, I don't want to say. Oh, Kev, you got one? You know what my go-to <laughs> move was? You know, right, here we go. My go-to move was when what? I was like, uh, when I was probably like twenty-one. What? Uh, I would, if I was uh, looking at a girl, what I would try to do is squint and flex my jaw muscles. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, do it. 
then they're like uh are you like auditioning for a part in scanners because what is why are you so looking so intense then they would think i was on cocaine that i had cocaine and they come over you got lockjaw (laughs) do you have tmj yeah what are you what about you kev i never i mean i I don't think i really had much of a move i mean i I think uh let me will test the fact like even after like super troopers came out we'd all go to a bar together and these guys would all be kind of talking to girls and, you know, trying to pick up girls and they turn around and there'd be like 20 dudes with their baseball caps on backwards surrounding me, trying to make me chug beers with them. And so that was, you know, <laughs> so that's you the just, best I could do. That's a move. Chug beers, I guess. Is a move. <laughs> let, me bring, are... let me bring it back to Billy Joel for a second. Yeah, please. <laughs> you're going to see the connection. Okay. Um, Kevin, we nicknamed Kevin, like we lived in a place uh, called the Flophouse in, in New York City. And we n- named Kevin the, the stud of the Flophouse <laughs> because there's, there's a moment in time, the, 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 word, the legend was that he actually hooked up with a girl on the Long Island Railroad, mm-hmm. on the train. The L-I-R-R? Yeah. On the lure? <laughs> Isn't that a Billy Joel song? The L.A.R.? <laughs> well, I'm hooking up on the alert. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, shit, we're going around a curve. Dun, 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 dun. And I will get to second base. <laughs> and we'll end up in Nassau County. Dun, 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 dun. It, you know, that Metro North, I used to, I used to date a girl from Vassar and uh, I would, I would ride the Metro North train past, you know, like Cold Stone Harbor. That was one of the stops. Yeah. And I would listen to, uh, to Billy Joel's greatest hits, volume one and two and like <sighs> New York state of mind. I, I would play it <laughs> over and over again and stare out. Like if I was, if I was going up to Vassar, I'd be on the left side of the train so I could stare wistfully at the Hudson river and, and vice versa <laughs> on the way down, I'd be on the right side. Sure. It makes you think of New York City, right, Lenny? It makes me think of New York City. Joel does. I mean, he's you know, a tri-state fun. area. He's the tri-state well, area. When I actually hear that song, I actually think of Des Moines, Iowa. I don't know what yeah. it is, but it just, <laughs> just Des Moines pops up. You know what I mean? There's no Hudson River. There's no Ron Riverside or anything. Um, actually, for years, I thought it was Ron Riverside. And as I said it, I was like, who's Ron Riverside? It's up on Riverside, you idiot. Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> I had the same thing, but seen from an Italian restaurant. Kevin knows this. I used to, for until I was probably like 35, I thought it was Brenda Renetti. You know, Brenda, Brenda Renetti, the populist dad. I thought it was Brenda Renetti. She could totally exist, 100%. In, in New York, in an Italian restaurant, there is a woman working there that's about to bring out olive oil and bread named Brenda Renetti. Brenda Renetti. <laughs> Billy Joel had his lyrics in his albums, though, didn't he? I mean, I remember sitting and looking at the album cover and following along with the lyrics. I think Billy yeah, Joel but, but who, who, re, who does that, dude? Yeah. None of us. This guy. None of us, dude. I, I mean, so far, if it wasn't for this podcast, I mean, which is, I always do one listen where I read the lyrics as I listen to the album. And so I can read, because I'm just like, because then you get the full grasp and all of this. I can't tell you how many times it's been a song that I've sang over and over and over again. And then I'm like, oh my God, that, I've been fucking this up for years. Right. Mm-hmm. For years. I mean, it's not as bad as Brenda Renetti, but I mean, how did you not know it was Brenda and Eddie? I mean, right. it's a whole story. The next, the next lyric is the popular studies. I know. And Brenda Renetti, <laughs> I know. But listen, I was a kid. When you're a kid, there are a lot, there's a lot of Billy Joel that I didn't understand when sure. I was a kid. You know, like, 
spoon the up the nose, man. I didn't know what spoon up the nose meant, you know, when I yeah, was a kid. Spoon up the nose. Yeah. Yeah. So how, has, has Billy Joel, like, influenced your work? I mean, being that you both work together, I mean, does everybody in Broken Lizard, like, love Billy? I don't see how they couldn't, but, I mean, I could see Jay digging on some BJ. <laughs> uh, no, Jay's not a Billy Joel fan. Jay, Jay like, his thing when he was growing up was, like, uh, like the, 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 the girl bands, like, like Indigo Girls and Melissa Etheridge. That was his thing. Jay's come to my window. Yeah, yeah, he's come to my window. Very at, sensitive guy. Yeah, and uh, like Alana Miles, right? Like uh, what Black Velvet, that kind of thing. Uh, what? Yeah, and then Eric and Paul, they're more Midwestern guys. They they like a lot of like uh, stuff like the Replacements and like some obs- obscure hits like Donny Iris, uh, Aaliyah, you know, things like that. Kevin and I, we're from the East Coast, so we're fucking sweet. So where, Kevin, where are you from? Connecticut. You're from Connecticut. So, and, yeah. and, and Steve, you're from, you are from New York City, obviously, if you're going to Studio yeah. 54. Or did you, did you train in from Jersey? Because you're like, dude, I heard Bianca Jagger is going to be at Studio 54. <laughs> I know I'm 11 years old, but, uh, dude, we, we got to take this thing called Quaaludes tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. So, I mean, so obviously, but there is a thing, and you're 100% right, about the, the East Coast people tend to love Billy Joel, I think, way more than somebody – I mean, and listen, you can't not – like my, my uh, old writer on the show, Morty, uh, who is a L.A. born and bred. I mean, I remember – and this goes back to what we said about the tale of two albums, side one and side B. He did this birthday party every year at the Kibitz room uh, at Canners, which was like that, that Jewish deli, but they had that great music venue in the back where like yeah. slash would drop in and uh, Bob Dylan's son would play. And they've been doing this jam for years. And Morty on his birthday would do uh, sides of records. He did side one of uh, Fleetwood Mac rumors one year. He did side one of, uh, Queen, I want to say The Machine, but I might be wrong if that's the actual title of it. But the one that he did that blew me away is he did side one of Glass Houses. And I hadn't heard All for Lena since I was like a little sure. kid. And it was just like, oh my, where has this been all my life? Yeah. Um, and But that's, he's an LA dude, but he just loves music. So do you think it's something that really, like if you're from the East Coast, if you're from, you know, the Northeast, basically I'd say from Maryland up, that Billy Joel just tends to to speak to us a lot more because it just like we're, we, we understand it because we understand the weather and we understand the people because it's all the same. Well, I think so. And it's like, there is something about Billy Joel, you know, that like, and, and it goes back to his, his pussy hound thing. Like, I think that like, especially this on 52nd street, every song is designed to hit a different East coast demographic, you know, yeah. like, like Rosalinda's eyes and stuff. He's, he's going for the Hispanic girls there. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, and then, you know, it's like, really, your dad. he's going, he's trying to fuck <laughs> my dad. Yeah. Don't go in there. That is where the singles go to meet. There's a coffee meets bagel meetup right in there. Yes. <laughs> Although they do have good empanadas. That is- <laughs> yes. That's the, okay. So pop in, but grab me too. Empanadas, <laughs> but leave for the herpes. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, you know, Billy Joel would sing about, you know, it's like the Hudson River line, right? He sings about, you know, Miami uh, 2017. What, what? Wait, Miami, what's the year? Tw- I think it's 2017, yeah. 2017. Turnstiles, yeah. Turnstiles. Holy shit. Uh, you know, like, but even like, I don't know, he, Billy Joel always seemed so worldly to me. That, that's the thing that's like, you know, the, the, the East Coast of it, especially in New York City, 
it's all different groups of people. And Billy Joel sang about that. You know, that was, the, that was one of the things as a kid, I was like, I didn't understand it. You know, it's like, he is talking about different cultures. And, and, and different types. But he's of also like an everyman thing. I, I think it's, it's a similar thing to Springsteen, I think, where it's like he's the everyman of a geographic area. And like, you know, he's, he has geographic references and people are like, I've been there. I know that place or whatever it is. And I think that's part of the connection because they think, you know, he's just a schlubby guy singing about where they live. And I think that's part of the connection. With I, think, no, I, I think you're right, too. It's, it's not even just everyman. It's, he's almost singing about like loser man. You yeah. know, like, uh, yeah. like, like piano meant like lonely guy, like the lonely, the lonely isolate. He's not peacocking the way that like, you know, like ACDC would peacock, you know, like lock up your fucking daughters, lock up your wives. I'm going to come fuck them, you know, in the eyes. On a few songs, by the way. <laughs> uh, but no, Billy Joel is like, uh, you know, like even Zanzibar, you think about it. He's like, I'm alone drinking a beer in the fucking shadows. Yeah. And uh, I've got my dad. I got a jazz guitar. (laughs) Got my old man's car. I've got my dad's car. And I'm going to fuck a bartender in a shanty town. No, I'm not even going to have sex with her. Jazz club. I'm trying to get to second base. I'm trying to touch her tits. Yeah. That's like, you know, that's Billy Joel for you. I think think, guys relate to him. But I don't know. Is Billy Joel as big with women as he is with guys, you think? Or I mean, in terms of uh, their fan base? That's, well, let's, this is a good question. It's gonna to lead to my next thing is, is I've been to see Billy Joel live, uh, I think five times. And it is, it is definitely a mixed bag. It's yeah. it's there's a it's not a John Mayer concert which is ninety eight percent women right, right. but it is it is very very heavily like I I would say the women tip the scale over the men but what's so great about Billy Joel and seeing him live is I mean he's it's everybody in there knows every word even if you don't know oh, Billy yeah. Joel because I went to go see the one of the first concerts I ever went to go see was Bruce Springsteen when I was like thirteen years old with my buddy Greg and his dad and. Uh, I didn't know a lot of Billy Joel songs. Like if you would have asked me, I was like, I don't know this. I don't know that. Just say the name of the song. But then when he played it live, I was like, holy shit, I know this song. Holy shit, I know this song. And that's the same thing with Billy Joel where it's like, you don't even, there's people that probably say, I I don't know anything by Billy Joel. And then you put Piano Man on and then you put Big Shot on and then you put, I go to extremes and, and we didn't start the fire. And it's like, holy, I know, I know most of his catalog. And I think, you know, cause, cause Adam made a good point. He, he tweeted it to us tweeted he put it in the chat he wrote uh billy joel is probably the patron saint of music of new york the way bruce springsteen is for jersey yeah. uh i completely agree about that I, I don't know another new york artist uh that's still making music that is so engraved in the new york culture and so many people like you said before like we we when you don't live in new york city you dream about it you look at it as this like as a Zanzibar. Yeah. It's a Zanzibar. And so it's this beautifully, like almost like Middle Earth, where you're just like, it's so magical. It's anything can happen there. And so Billy is the conduit to kind of explain all of that to everybody about, no, this is a dope city. This yeah. is where anything can happen. And then also you can be completely depressed and out on your ass because it's one of the hardest cities in the world to live in and to deal with for a full year. Um, and when you talked about, I forget one of you mentioned, it might've been you, Steve, uh, about, the, about the, the sadness and the characters. You know, don't forget, Billy Joel, like, suffers from depression. 
yeah. horrible depression. He tried to kill himself. Yeah. Um, I think a couple times. And then he drinks incessantly like this dude party dude. He could keep up with y'all in beer fest. Like he's drinking <laughs> from the boot all sure. the time, dude. Yeah. He's got, he, he's got he, or at least, you know, I remember him. He was always drinking in his shows too. He, he always had like a beer in his piano or whatever. You know what I mean? Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or were nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Have you guys seen him live? I never have. I've never what? seen him. No. I never I know. What? Crazy. All right, here's what we're doing. Are you guys in LA or are you in New yeah, York? LA. LA. Fuck. All right. Because <laughs> my first concert, I'm going to see it in Madison Square Garden. I just moved here. I just moved to New York from Los Angeles. Okay. Be- because of Zanzibar. Because I heard Zanzibar getting ready out. for this, and I was like, I'm coming. I, like, I got to find Zanzibar. I thought um, everybody left New York City. You're going. Nah, there. dude. It's, I'll tell you right now, it's popping more than I think than LA is. I was in LA for 14 years, and, and I moved out here uh, in May. And I'm just, it's just the shows at the cellar are just incredible right now. And every club is popping and it's like, we're, we're, everybody's being safe. So you don't feel like, you know, like you would, you would think that New York would be the scariest place to be during this time of COVID with the Delta thing going on. But it's like, people are really taking care of themselves. It's a beautiful thing. And it's that connection that New Yorkers have, you know, amongst any other city, LA will never have that that solidarity that New Yorkers have, where it's like we've all suffered through the cold, we've all walked forty blocks because the train we missed the train and it's three a.m. in the morning, and then also we've all seen a dude you know jerking off on the side <laughs> of the road, and you're like, hey, it's good old jerky man. Are you originally from there, Josh? Or are you? Where, no, where, I'm where, from Washington. I'm from the Washington D.C. area. So I, I moved I moved to Los Angeles in 2007, and I started stand up comedy there, and then. Over the years, I've just been coming to New York and, you know, I've, I've had a lot of success in L.A., but I was just getting bored. And I was like, man, I need something to really stimulate me in this city, as you both know, because you both lived right. here. There's, yeah. It's it is literally like, you know, it's just like a Red Bull just coursing through your veins at all times. Once you walk out, because that's the cool thing about L.A. that's different. Not L.A. This the, about okay. New York. That's yeah, different yeah. than L.A. L.A. is such an isolation city. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. can, you you're can live in a man. alone. You're in your thing alone. Everything's yeah. alone. Yeah. But uh, but in New York, and my buddy said this perfectly. You could be living in in Bushwick, 
Brooklyn, or you could be living in a high rise on billionaires, uh, billionaires lane or whatever they call it. But the second you leave that apartment and you get down to your street, you're in the shit just like everybody else. Oh yeah. And there's, and there's a beauty to that where we're all the same to a certain point, because a lot of people are, you know, we're all hitting those streets. We're all dealing with the elements. We're all smelling the smells and it, and it's great. And I, and, and Billy captures all of that. Well, you know, he, Billy, you know, Billy Joel, when he was, you know, you can say what you think his peak was or his prime was, but in the seventies, like to me, New York city in the seventies is a, an atmosphere and a vibe like no other time and place. You know, you had like Times square was dangerous back then, dangerous as hell. You had hell's kitchen. You had the Barry, you know, you had the, the, all these, all these, you'd Spanish Harlem, which he sings about, you know, like yeah. you had, you had all these neighborhoods that had character and and part of the character was that they could kill you. You could die a million different ways in those neighborhoods, but you know, it's, and it's gritty and it's a back alley, you know, with, yeah. you know, with rats and stuff like that and, 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 and singles bars. But that's uh, you know, that to me is, is the visceral reaction I'm talking about. It's like when I'm listening to Billy Joel, I'm thinking about New York city back when it was like super grimy before it got cleaned up. Right. So that's yeah. the cover of that album. That's the grimy cover of that album, which was cool to me. It was like, Oh, look at it. You know, did you guys want to hear Attila? Play some Attila for us. Let's hear. Uh, <laughs> let's hear this Attila shit. Is that Billy? that Billy singing? Yeah. So he doesn't bust any of that out when he plays in concert? No, unfortunately, dude. I would fucking go nuts if he played some Matilla. Two guys, he stole the guy's wife, and then he married her. And then uh, they had kids again, and they were together for years. And it, it broke up the band, I think. Imagine well, he, if he did that, though. If he was like, you know, I got a, uh, I got a surprise for everybody. Here comes uh, Bobby Renetti. He's yeah. going to come out here. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby! Get out, get your ass here. It's funny because they were obviously trying to be like a heavier kind of band, you know, and then all of a sudden he pivots and then he's the piano man, which is kind of. Which is way better. I mean, listen, that, I mean, it that worked sounded it worked yeah, 100%. Yeah. That sounded like, and Adam wrote it, it sounds like a Deep Purple ripoff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's very Deep Purple. That's not who Billy Joel is. Billy is this sensitive dude yeah. that loves love. He's funny as fuck, dude. That's the thing. That's what bums me out about you guys. I'm not seeing Billy Joel live. Like, dude, so not only is this dude playing hit after hit after hit after hit, but in between each song, and this is coming, you know, as, as comics, this dude has a full on tight in between song set. Right. Where he has jokes, dude, that kill. You can see that. Uh, a perfect example is, I don't know if you remember, I think it was the Grammys. Pull this up for me, Adam, when uh, he's doing in River in, River of Dreams. And, uh, and they cut off before him. Frank Sinatra was giving a, getting a Lifetime Achievement Award. And they cut off Frank Sinatra's time uh, because of ad sales. And so Billy Joel then goes up and do you have it, Adam? Looking for it right now. Yeah, so he, he goes up and he starts playing, you know, in the middle of the night, which is not my favorite era of Billy, but 
kind of uptown girly, but but sure. but dude, you, you can even look at uptown girl and be like, dude, this shit fucking slaps. Still, it still slaps. Uptown girl's good. Uptown it's girl's good. good. It's but it's dude. It's not. But that's an era. That's the '80s era. That's the you know. Christy Brinkley glass era. houses. It went in that direction. You know, you you know what's crazier? This is even crazier. If you go on Spotify. If you got if you go on Spotify, I'm almost positive Uptown Girl is his like most streamed song. Oh sure. Um, I mean like none of those songs in the seventies ever hit number one, right? So like he didn't have number ones until until those albums. Did fifty second street not go number one? Well, I mean the the song. No, here. So so here, while he's looking up that clip, here I'll let's I'll give the brief little uh thing about about fifty second street that we got. All right, so this 56th Street came out October 1978. This was the first of four of his albums to top the Billboard chart. So it did top, did go to number one. Three tracks reached the top 40 in the U.S. It took home the 1980, this one blew my mind, it took home the 1980 Grammy for Album of the Year. I would love to know who, what else was nominated that year. Adam, after you're done finding that clip, find out what else was nominated for album of the year uh, and for best pop vocal performance uh, to try and give the album a new sound. He hired various jazz musicians to differentiate it from his previous records. The album got its title for a few reasons. Uh, the studio where the album was recorded, which was down the street from the label headquarters and the main jazz center of New York from the 1930s to the 1950s, uh, AKA, all of them were located on 52nd Street. So from what I read, and not just from that, he was trying to make, in a sense, a, like a jazzier yeah. record. And you can hear so, that. Yeah. I mean, Zanzibar. Zanzibar, yeah, definitely. Zanzibar is is the epitome. If he was like, all right, well, what what's the direction you want to go with this record? Fucking Zanzibar. Um, and yet it still has Billy in it. It still has that, that little run that ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I yeah. got my old man's car. That's Billy. <laughs> but the, the rest of the song sounds yeah, like, a, yeah, yeah. yeah, sounds like a place called Zanzibar. Yeah. Uh, so from what he said about that, just so I got it. Um, so yeah. So, uh, producer Phil Ramone, uh, convinced Joel to experiment with creating a jazz mood. Uh, he had written some jazz riffs and in the end of Zanzibar. And then, uh, he said, 52nd Street is basically Billy's tribute to jazz. And just like I said, Zanzibar is its centerpiece. Yeah. Hmm. Not bad. Do we got the clip? All right, play the clip. I'm going to see, watch, watch what he does here. Uh, about singing a couple of songs. Otherwise, if we had, there would be an orchestra here with me. But apparently that's not what they wanted tonight. And I'm angry. I'm hyped. Yeah, get, get to the get where they play the music. They start cutting them off. Okay, so they cut them off. That's not what I wanted. Yeah. But good, good attempt. <laughs> I need Billy Joel. Now do it, Billy Joel. Fuck Adam. Come on, dude. Adam, you're... come on, dude. You're, you, dude, we we had so much respect in you. I know. Well, you jinxed me before the show. Fuck. Also, a very geographical appeal. Uh, no. Joshua, you said he's never fucked up. He's, he's uh, he up. did right there. We just listened to a speech that made <laughs> nothing. Right. We right. need the Billy Joel thing. All right, let's let's talk about the record while he looks this up because it's you know. Speaking of which, this is something I found out that's very funny. Uh, so Zanzibar is a fan favorite over the years. It's a regular fixture in Billy's live performances, but this year it also enjoyed TikTok fame, going viral as the soundtrack to a bunch of dance videos. Really? Wow! Where after he finds the clip, 
Will you find us some Zanzibar uh, TikTok oh, videos as well? Like the jazz part of it, or the I guess. <laughs> I mean, dude, these kids. Who knows what they're doing now? You know what I mean with the TikTok, with the ticking and the talking. Sure, sure. All right. So, who wants to who wants to give their thoughts on this record? Like, like, let's get uh, Steve. You look like you got something. What do you got? Let's talk Fifty Second Street specifically. The song? No, no, no. Or the, the whole record. We can right. go. We can go talk about tracks. Whatever way you okay. want to do it. Uh, the side one, much better than side two, right? Or no? Yes. We talked. Well, about let's that. look at it. Let's look at. Let's look at what we got. Yeah. So it opens with Big Shot. Okay. Huge hit. Big Shot is the way to start off an album. That's how you start off an album. So supposedly, uh, Big Shot is said to be about a date he had with Bianca Jagger. Uh, He's quoted as saying, I never had a date with Bianca Jagger, but in an interview with Howard Stern in 2010, Joel said the song was written after having dinner with Mick and Bianca Jagger. Joel told Stern that while writing the lyrics to Big Shot, he was thinking of Mick singing this to singing the song to Bianca. Uh, well, you know, clearly he doesn't like this person who he's singing about. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, the thing about Big Shot, which is fucking great, is okay. Number one, it is the way to start off now. Come out with and just punch somebody in the face with that opening riff. Uh, but then also it's like, it's classic Billy Joel. If, if you think about it, you know, like the thing you're talking about Billy Joel songs and concerts is that everybody is singing along to everything. everything. And, all, and all of his best songs have a, a bunch of different parts that you can sing along to. And this is certainly, you know, one of them. It's like, it's, uh, you know, you got the white hot spotlight, you got the, oh, oh, ooh, oh, ooh, oh, ooh. you got all that part, which is, you know, which is catchy. You've, you've even got the fucking Dracula part, you know, you have to be a big shot. You have to be a big shot. Yeah. I mean, but like, but it's, you know, and, and the lyrics, the lyrics, the Dom Perignon and the spoon up your nose and the white hot spotlight, you had, you know, that it's, was for me at age 10 where I was like hearing things that I didn't know about, but it seemed so amazing. And it was this, this New York City party society stuff, you know, like, yeah, as a kid in Connecticut, you know, I was like, holy, what's he talking about? You know, the, the lyrics of that song, you know, uh, really painted a great picture. I thought. Great picture. Great picture. This, but this is th- th- this and what's the next song? Honesty, which is funny that honesty isn't on his uh, his like on volume one and two, because oh, this not- is this dude. This song was nominated uh, for song of the year. Yeah, but it but it lost to What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers, which oh. in my opinion, fucking that's the song, dude. Good song. <laughs> uh, so honesty, this song is sad. Very, Straight very up ballad, sad. ballad, right? Yeah, very, very ballad. Uh, the one, this is this is the one where it's like he comes out, he does it right. He starts off with a big shot, and then all of a sudden he just stops and is like, "Now, one, this one is for Billy's dick. This one is for the lady. <laughs> yeah. This is the one that's going to get me laid in concert." It is, yeah. And like his voice is incredible, and like yeah. the vibrato is going, and it's pure. His his voice is 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 pure. It's all I ever heard. Honestly, it's such a lonely word. Oh my fucking god! Everyone is, is so untrue. Yeah. Honesty yeah. is hardly ever heard, and mostly what I need from you. Yeah, I couldn't find a lover. I couldn't find a friend. 
Yeah, this is what he's playing when Christy Brinkley walks in the ballroom. I bet he just plays this song over and over again until a hot chick comes into the ballroom. That's how he got each of his four wives, just playing this song. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys this. What's the biggest lie you've ever told? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the biggest lie? I mean, yeah, I've told so many lies. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> uh, you mean like to, for what? I don't know. What do you, just, what do you want to know? Ben? What do you want to know here? Just whatever. Like you take it whatever direction you want. What's one that sticks uh, out? What was a good cheating on your girlfriend lie? Let me. Oh, do we get some tea? That the that the the scratches the scratches on my back were from uh, I I slipped and fell down a flight of stairs and scraped my back. (laughs) I was attacked by cats, (laughs) wild cats. What about you, Kev? God, I don't know. I don't. I try not to lie, Josh. I try not to lie. Okay. Um, Let me. You know of any lies that I've told? I don't think I tell a lot of lies. You don't tell any lies. You're a very truthful person. Kevin is a righteous man, and I like that about him. I'm the liar. You know, if you know, if you, the source of our friendship is that we weren't. uh, We, you know, when we were putting together Chargoospeak, which was the uh, the predecessor to Broken Lizard, uh, Kevin and Jay started that group in college, and I auditioned for the group, and Kevin didn't like me, and. he was a liar but but that was the thing is that like my audition was so fucking good that uh jay was like come on we'll, we'll get him and and he can be the scumbag and he can be the asshole he can be the thief and kevin was like all right i i see the merit in that so we're you know we're kevin and i are a yin yang type thing what's up everyone this is jay reason and i want to let you all know that diablo zen podcast is now part of the sound talent media family Listen in as me and the one and only Danny Diablo, a.k.a. Lord Ezak, interview artists from the hardcore punk, metal, hip-hop scenes, and beyond. We have conversations with guests like actor Peter Green, DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill, L.A. street photographer Estevan Oriol, Jimmy G from New York City's legendary Murphy's Law, and pro wrestler Vampiro, to name a few. If you're a fan of good discussions and lots of laughs, tune in and join the fun. Oh yeah, you you could Kev, you could tell. I I barely know you, man, but you could just tell, dude. You are a ray of light. It's positive energy. It's like I would trust you with my dog. I would trust you with my kids if I had some. Uh, you know, you if you asked to borrow money, I would give it to you, knowing I'd get it back. Sure. Steve, on the other hand, yeah, I'm Fifty Second Street, baby. You yeah. are. You are. <laughs> you are dark you and dirty. The pile of garbage. Honesty is hardly ever heard. Why don't you think it's on its greatest hits, though? I don't know. You know what? I have a theory about that. I have a theory about that. I think all groups uh, save one fucking hit that they don't put on. If they have enough material, like the Cars did it with like, it's all I can do to keep waiting for you. They always pull one off the greatest hits. So you still have to go and buy another album. That's my theory. Sure. No, I believe it. I believe that. Because it's also funny that on The Stranger, Vienna's not on the greatest hits. And that's like... Oh, it's so good. All right. Then it goes into my life. Uh, I mean, once again, man, these are, these are bangers. This is, yeah. this is a hit. This is a hit. Uh, the first okay. single release from the record reached number three on the top 40. Um, I wish to do it though. If I did it, if he, you know, if it got redone today, I'd do it a little tougher. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Ding, this ding, is ding, like ding, 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 ding. But you have to, you have to respect the arrangement now, because it's like he comes out, he punches in the face, yeah, with big shot, then slows it down for Billy's dick with honesty, 
And just and when you're the fun, this is the fun song. And here now we're gonna do some yeah. toe tapping, right? And more catchy, more catchy lyrics. You know, it's sure. like gotta play, close the shop. There's a thing about a and supposedly that Steve, supposedly that line that you're saying right there, closed the shop, sold the house, bought a ticket to the West Coast. Now he gives him a stand-up routine in LA. It's about Richard Lewis, uh, the yeah. comedian Richard Lewis, supposedly. Yeah. Um, but something that I thought was really fucking cool. Uh, there's two members of Chicago that sang backing vocals on this song. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard uh, that. Donnie uh, Dacus and Peter Cetera. Peter and Sarah, we right? all love oh, Peter man. Cetera from Karate Kid Part Two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it Part Two or Part Three? Part Two. God, there's a there's a there's a there's a video that my buddy Big J Okerson shows me and loves to watch where Peter Cetera is like singing live and he does this like this little like it's just this weird like inflection and just this little squiggle and it's it's it kills, dude. It. <laughs> kills but so far and this is the thing we keep talking about the tale of these two records you've got you've got three songs in a row those are your three biggest hits out of of all time no 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 on this album oh on this this album yeah 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 but then zanzibar heavy it's front loaded very front loaded but again but again this is classic it's classic joel it's got even now it's like it's got those lyrics that everybody can sing to and they're yeah. good lyrics they're catchy you know now and let's not, go ahead i say well, let's not forget out the bosom buddies of this too my life right okay yes bosom buddies bosom buddies show that i yep. watched you know religiously and this is the bosom buddy song you know even though it's not billy joel singing in it it's a cover re-recorded by a different guy due to licensing issues yeah um the man always trying to stop Billy. But that's like, um, and then that's you got, like, uh, uh, and it doesn't. I don't know if that, how much that happens now, but like a major hit song off a contemporary album became the title song to a sitcom, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, After maybe, it was it, yeah, right? maybe maybe like an. I'm trying to think like any HBO shows that did something like that. Like, I feel like that's something they would do. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe a TNT show. Maybe um, this is like a top forty song. Yeah, that is at at the same time it becomes the 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 title track. I just want to mm-hmm. say, you know, sometimes uh, that you know, Kevin and I did a cover of um, "Don't You Forget About Me" in uh, season two of Tacoma FD. Uh, we couldn't afford the real "Don't You Forget About Me," so he and I uh, re-recorded it and sang that. We could afford that. <laughs> we almost did that you know we just finished uh, in season three we almost did that uh with hansen Mbop. we were considering oh, that killed. Yeah, that we, couldn't killed. That we couldn't get dude, up that high dude i was a i was a camp counselor when Mbop came out and yeah. dude <laughs> between that and uh that song by will smith here come the man in black just to give you an idea of when i was a camp counselor it, <laughs> You can't listen to either one of those songs ever again, but, but you know. You want to talk not- about my go-to move? I used to have a t-shirt that said, uh, I fucked the girl in Hanson. And when I would <laughs> wear that to a bar, it got me a lot of attention. That oh, a- I bet. <laughs> that was my get laid uh, shirt. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right, Zanzibar. We already kind of talked about this one. Well, here, here's, a, here's the thing. It's funny because it, it is the jazziest one. But I do yeah. find it also to be a, a very show tuney one. Like, you know, when it's like, very. it reminds, it's like if there was a Broadway musical where like a person arrives in the big city 
and there's the hustle and bustle and all the business people are running by. That's the music that we playing. And they're, you know, and they're overwhelmed by the, by the pace of the city. That's the music. Very bustly. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I said, <laughs> I, I said out of all the songs <clears throat> on the record, uh, this one sounds exactly like its name. It's very yeah. Zanzibari. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There was a bar actually in the Washington DC area at, at LaFont Plaza called Zanzibar. And I never went to it, but it was right next to a Phillips crab house. So I went to the Phillips, but I'd always look at the Zanzibar and I'd be like, fuck, man, what's going down there? People would pull up in nice cars and they'd go in. He's a singles yeah. bar. <laughs> Get the empanadas and go. But <laughs> do not I think, stay, it, has a, I think it has a very similar uh, vibe to moving out, though. I think Zanzibar? It has, yeah. It has a similar kind of cadence to his lyrics, you know? Okay. No, no, I can't. No, I, no, I, I can't get on board with that. Think about it. Just t tomorrow, think about it. Okay. We, about it. Hold on. Uh, we, let's. We got to do a. We got to do a. We got to do a jam off. Then, uh, Adam, can you pull us up uh, a little taste of my life? What section would you want him to pick up, Kevin, to prove your point? To Wait, prove your out, case. But he's talking about Zanzibar versus moving out. Right? Moving out. Moving out. But like moving out is a similar kind of. Um, sound to it to me put on so get to the get Zanzibar to the bar is the jazz version of moving out i think but you know what? whatever i'm not gonna fucking stay up with my balls i think it's guys, okay <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not coming with you uh, listen, on this, no, this, this is a valid point this is a valid uh, point this might go down on uh for the for all my listeners the fleece army this might be one of the most debated things ever <laughs> i the only thing that that's been that's been more debated than that was when I don't know the comedian Eric Griffin said that the Beatles were a boy band. Okay. No, they're not. Okay. No, exactly. They're, they're not. not. They, they, they formed not themselves. Tell your friend to fuck off. They formed themselves, and Thank also you. <laughs> they're one of the greatest bands of all time, as opposed to all boy bands. I, not, not to boy bands. Yes, boy bands are fine, but they're mercenaries. The Beatles were awesome. And they formed themselves by meeting each other, like the Stones. You could say by your friend's logic, you could say the Stones are a, a boy band too. Tell your friend to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> clip this out, Adam. Adam, clip this out. Make this one of our things. I'm sending it directly to him. Uh, do you got the two? And while, while Adam's looking for that, it, it's funny because one thing I was struck by was it seems to me that like this album is 78. And Billy Joel is singing baseball metaphors to, to go to second base with this waitress in anti town. Sure. And 78 or seven. But there's a line about the Yankees. There's in the it Yankees too. line. In not, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, also yeah. then in 77 or 78 was Meatloaf Bad Out of Hell where he was talking about, I mean, Meatloaf is going all the way. You know, he's got the whole baseball thing. I'm, gonna, I'm right. trying for home. I'm stealing home. It makes right. me wonder if like the whole first base, second base thing didn't originate in the late seventies. And then these guys, it was novel. And these guys started singing about like, and back then it was such a, an alternative and edgy metaphor to try to like, you know, touch a girl's tits and call it second base. It might be. I can't see it being in the 1940s. You know, I'm going to second base. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the way they would sing it too. Yeah. I hit a ground rule double tonight, boys. Oh, <laughs> slap me some skin. Yeah. I got the foot. I got in her pants. <laughs> All uh, right. Do you, you pull it up, Adam? You ready? I'm moving out. Now put put Zans. You got Zanzibar. Give me some Zans. For me. It's the hustle and bustle. 
I got a tab at Tonight, it's where I'll be. Billy Joel, Billy Joel's signature. Kind of. It's very signature. Yeah, that's. I know you're right. Listen, there's. The, I can. I, I see your case. Uh, we'll let the listeners vote on that. Um, please. Send Jocko, you're being very diplomatic because you're the host, but uh, <laughs> give us a real dude. <laughs> but. Uh, no, because I, I see what Kevin's point is. There's there's a rhythm, except in this one, it's rhythm down. Zanzibar, and the and Billy Joel's moving out is rhythmed up. It's like moving now. Bah, 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 nah, 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 nah. And he's like, moving now. Zanzibar wasn't uh, Zanzibar didn't go up the charts though, right? It wasn't. Uh, it didn't really get high. Up no, the it didn't. It didn't. Uh, uh, from what I got here, it doesn't say anything that it charted now. Don't you think, though, that he thought in his mind maybe that it would, that this is the one. This is going to close outside one with this song, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be scenes from Italian restaurant. That's what this song is. Oh, I mean, scenes from an Italian restaurant is basically Billy Joel's A Day in the Life. Because he sure. even wrote it with that in mind about putting a song inside a song inside a song. Right. And and this, I mean, Zanzibar is just straightforward. Just it's Zanzibar. It's it's yeah. its own sound. It doesn't deviate from it. It might dip into moving out territory for like 0.3 seconds. But oh, you think that he thought this was going to be the big hit off the first side or do you think I don't I don't I don't know. I but I do think it's a good way to transition into the next side of the record, because I honestly think that he knew probably immediately that my life was the song. My life is so catchy and, and then Big Shot is so catchy and honesty is so heart-wrenching. Zanzibar, dude, it's like, I don't know what was going on in 78, but I don't think the world wanted Zanzibar. Like, maybe no. I'm wrong. I mean, Steve, no, you're I, right. I think you're right. I think he, I think he felt uh, after those first three songs that it was time for a palate cleanser. And, uh, and, mm -hmm. and he had earned the right to play some jazz. To put some a jazzy show tune. <laughs> that's what it is. It's a jazzy show tune. I'm not uh, like Billy Joel's a genius, but this is a jazzy show tune. And I think all the pussy hound credit that he had built up with the first three songs falls apart here. <laughs> and uh, unless he's going for like the Broadway chicks, like the chicks who like show tunes. But that's, um, that's you know, that's an hey, angle. That's a demographic. And it's an he's angle. He's got them here. He's but as a 10 year old kid in Connecticut, I'm going, what the fuck? <laughs> No, <laughs> yes. Zanzibar. Yes. no, and and, and and he does you a favor making it the last song of the side because if you were listening to it on a cassette, like I was, because my sister had the album, yeah. mm -hmm. then it's like you get you know it's the last song of the album. You're like fast forward, and you just have to wait until the thing goes, Tick! and then you can flip the cassette over. Right. God, I miss that, dude. I miss that. Mm -hmm. I miss the cassettes. The only thing I don't miss about cassettes is when you went to go buy them at like at like Sam Goody or Waxy Maxi, and they were attached to that big plastic thing, so you couldn't steal it. Remember yeah. the big plastic thing? You need a yeah, goddamn yeah. forklift. Yeah. <laughs> the handle thing, yeah. Well, that's yeah. exactly right. All right, uh, so let's talk about side two then. Oh. Who who was trying to say that this is not the tale of two records? Are you so so, Steve? You're 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 motioning it like. Well, this stiletto is one of the baddest ass songs of all time. I don't care what anybody says. Like the beginning, I, I have actually felt that, I, like I, I, I hesitate to say this because I feel so confident in this. I right. feel like the beginning yeah. of Stiletto should be sampled 
for a hip hop song. No, you're not wrong. She cooks me once, she cooks me twice. But dun, 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 dun. also, I'll say this: this is probably my favorite chorus on the whole record. You got it, uh, Adam. Dude, um, you're turning me on, BJ. First, you don't even see the blade. And the second one's like, you don't even mind the paint. You know, like, when I was a kid and I heard this thing, first of all, I, I took it literally. I thought he was like, there's a chick who was trying to kill him. Yeah, I didn't know what a stiletto was when I, I had, to, had to find out. You know what I mean? So, yeah, really? At age 10. <laughs> Did you? What a stiletto was? I, mean, I, 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 I researched it because I was so into the song. Okay, there you go. I love, like, to me, this song was, was so, I mean, it's every part about it. You've been slashed in the face. You've been left there to bleed. I mean, come on. <laughs> that, like, the beginning, you know, and then it's like. Well, this is one of the highlights, though. This is like, like, maybe, in my opinion, he puts stiletto in track number four and opens this side of the record with Zanzibar. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think stiletto would have been a better way to op- to end the record. Well, but maybe I'm wrong, because now you got to open with something. Yeah, you got to open with something, and then you open with this. Because then it's like, it's like, you know, when your friend has, you find the mixtape that says, like, uh, you know, like, uh, hard nights on one side, and on the other side, it's mellow days, you know? It's like, that's that would be that, you know? Like, if it yeah. was all out balls out but he's you know he chooses to start the second side it's a great beginning to a second side okay you know you're right selling stiletto a little bit i'm, I'm gonna call shit why is there not all, any of his uh any uh greatest hit albums why is he in it you know uh because you know consumer consumption doesn't necessarily mark the sign of quality kev okay all right uh i like rosalinda's eyes better than i like stiletto we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get. Now we're on it. Now he brought us into it, dude. He, we've already, <laughs> dude. I'm still like, I'm still like thinking of the fact that you said you researched what stiletto was, and if this was like 1980, something like that, like you actually had to go down to a library, look up, get some microfiche. Brand, Britannica. That's what you, had to look <laughs> yeah, dude, you had to go to a book. Yeah, we, had a, we had a dictionary. It's, it's called a dictionary, fellas. Oh, okay, yeah. I forgot about those things. Yeah. Zanzibar. <laughs> I, I don't know if Zanzibar was in the but was in the dictionary, but. Uh, is Zanzibar? Where is Zanzibar? Is that like in Portugal? Uh, on the Upper West Side, it says it's a bagel store. <laughs> look it up, Adam. Actually, Adam, look up. Look, up, type in Zanzibar, New York City. I'm talking about gay bars, Kevin. That's gay bars, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. This, Zanzibar 100% is a gay bar. If it's not, it should be one immediately because it sounds perfect. I go there. Zanzibar was a real bar in New York City, but it's also it's a city in a country. I think it's either Africa or like Portugal or like. What do you got, Ed? Country. Um, it looks like it was 45th and 9th. It doesn't sound right. Bar? Yeah. Okay. That's right, though. Yeah, that sounds right. So that's what, like, is that Hell's Kitchen or is that, that Mid-City? Yeah, that is Hell's Kitchen. Jazz. Yeah. Jazz Club. Yeah. Jazz Club. Yeah. All right. You, what do you, Kev, you, while he's looking up the country, uh, talk, tell, me, tell, me, blah, 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 blah. tell me about Rosalinda's eyes. Well, for what me, again, as a 10-year-old kid in Connecticut, like this kind of Cuban feel to this song. I was like, what is this? You know, and uh, this is him. 
kind of layering in the kind of this kind of Cuban feel to the song, which I I had never really heard before, and uh, I thought that was kind of interesting to me. You know, this yeah. I, had a, I had a visceral reaction to this one too, listening to it yesterday because I remember as a kid like this. Honestly, this one reminds me of New York City the most. You know, like the yeah. and it's like you know when you see like uh, like Dog Day Afternoon, like any Sydney Lumet like gritty New York city movie. Like, in fact, dog afternoon starts off with an Elton John song with, yeah. uh, with Amarina, but this is like, it, it makes me sad. This song makes me sad in a nostalgic way. Like it, it kind of reminds me of my mom, honestly, cause she's, she's Puerto Rican and she grew up in Washington Heights, AKA the Heights as, as they've now sexualized it. Right. But like, it like, it's very Hispanic. You know, my family's Hispanic and it's very like, uh, it, it's so reminiscent of seventies Hispanic culture. That's it's it's a whole other angle that Billy Joel is taking. And that's why he did it, which is great. No, supposedly what I what I read about this was that he wrote this, uh, you know, about his mother. But he wrote it in as if his his he wrote it. So this was the song his father would have wrote about his mother, about his wife, meaning because his mom's name was Rosalind. So he threw the A on. Yeah, he threw an A on. He he Hispanic her up. Also, his mom had no eyes. She was born a cyclops. Here too. So they changed a lot in the title. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she was a. Yeah. She was part clops. <laughs> Adam, with the stats here, we're gonna start calling you uh, stats. Stat Zan- boy. Zanzibar is an island in the Indian Ocean, lying off the coast of East Central Africa. Thank you. Uh, and then they in '64, Zanzibar, together with other areas, formed the United Republic of Tanzania. Oh, all right. Road trip. <laughs> let's hit let's hit it dude we and, can crank be there. and crank zanzibar the entire way the whole t- how how much do you think that town hates that song or is it there's got to be like a theme restaurant like welcome to zanzibar are you kidding it's like new york new york at the end of yankees games you know frank sinatra it's a, or, or new york state of mind that's zanzibar is their anthem <laughs> yeah but it's so but new york new york is like dang, 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 dang. Can you just imagine a bunch of uh, a bunch of Tanzanians like I got the banuka, I got my dance guitar. <laughs> I fucked all the lyrics up. All right, half a mile away. Um, great song, you know. It's no, it's no stiletto. Um, do you guys have anything you want to say about it or not? Yeah, or? I have to admit, I I didn't remember this one. Me yeah. either. I almost felt like I had never heard it before. <laughs> uh, Same. Yeah. It's this, I'm telling you that for the rest of the record until the night, you know, it's, it's inspired by, uh, hold on. Uh, he once said this song was inspired. Yeah. It was inspired by the righteous brothers. Um, uh, it has a sixties feel to it. Uh, oh, no, that's, the next one. that's the next one. That's right. until the night. Oh yeah. 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 Sorry. 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 You're right. You're right. Um, Half a mile away. This one sounded like, you know, if I'm talking about Zanzibar being the like the musical number in the show where the person gets to the city and they're overwhelmed, this half a mile away is the closing number. Like it just felt like, I hate to say it. Do it. Like like to me, it's like, it's, you know, it's almost like we made this movie Club Dread, which, which you've seen and loved, loved. Me too. And And a lot of people gave a shit about it. They were like, oh, you know, that's, that's Broken Lizard's worst movie. And yet like someone like my wife, they're like, no, that's, your best movie. That's my favorite movie of yours. And I feel like half a mile away could be that like where maybe there are some Billy Joel fans who are like, Oh, I love half a mile away. But for the uninitiated, like maybe this is the kind of thing you have to watch six or, or listen to six or seven times 
to fully appreciate it. But I feel like I listened to it a thousand times, you know what I mean? But I, I don't remember it. And um, that's yeah, a thousand I, listens. You're talking about Stiletto more. Well, Stiletto is a deep cut that's that's considered a great song, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And listen, don't and don't downplay Club Dread, bro. That shit ripped. <laughs> I love ripped. Club, I love Club Dread. You you with your shirt off the whole time. Yep. Fucking, you got yep. Bill Paxton. You got Paxton in it, bro. And he was so cool. He was. He must have been the cool dude. Did you ever get him to say any lines from Aliens? Dude. Or did he naturally ever say anything like Paxton, Paxton gave us everything? we uh, asked of him like i mean we hung out with him for 10 weeks straight in mexico and i you know kev you you tell me we, we partied with him every single night yeah and you know i mean he would get annoyed like you know uh chet from weird science you know you'd ask him to try to say you know a line or something sometimes he might get annoyed with that type of stuff but he loved he loved all that shit he loved doing lines and quotes and that I, kind of stuff. when my dad met him because because paxton really does didn't like talking about chet because that was like his first thing and he'd done so much since then. Yeah. When my dad met him at the, at the Club Dread premiere, I was, I was like, dad, just don't talk to him about Chet. And he's like, no, what? Weird science is that Chet is the best. And, and he insisted, <laughs> he was like, hey, it's Chet. And, and Paxton was generous with my dad. He, I could tell he was getting annoyed, but he still, he was like, you know, well, I'd like to butter your muffin and did all the long. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, dude, like he steals everything he was in. I mean, I'm, I'm true lies. I mean, just oh, these small parts and he makes them into, he makes these characters. Uh, I mean, it's no wonder that like out of, you know, Aliens is one of my favorite movies of all time. And every line that I quote is his, every single line. And it's like, you say it and everybody gets it. That's, you know, I think it's part of because that's what the guy's like in real life. You know, he's a he's got all the lines and the quotes and the, he's a larger than life guy. He was. Yeah. He, he was a just a funny, funny, charismatic guy who's, you know, he walks into the room and that's the guy that you look at. You know yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. My, bu- my buddy had worked with him on uh, on training day for the short period they were doing that. And he just yeah. the same thing. He's just like he was the man. He was the man. A little piece of trivia when uh, we made Club Dread. Uh, his family came down and his kids were tiny. Like his, his son, James was probably like eight years old or something like love, you know, digging for crabs in the sand. And uh, last season, uh, season two of Tacoma FD, we had uh, his son, James, who's now a young actor. We had him as a guest star on one of our episodes. And oh, the cool great. thing was, is he actually earned the part. Like we Good. didn't cast him. We didn't cast him because he was his son. He, we cast because he had the best audition. Good. That's awesome. That is awesome, man. Um, all right, you guys. I don't really have anything to say about until the night and Fifty Second Street. You guys want to? You guys are jazzy again, right? Isn't, I, I remember just jazz. Jazz. It's just jazz. It's just jazz. I already gave the stuff until the night. I said I wrote great chorus, but it's it's just it's it's really just kind of ends the record. Like, all right. I mean, it started great. It's listen. It's a great record. Top heavy, People, top heavy album. Little top heavy. Little top heavy. Contevi. All right. So here's some random facts about it. So I don't know if you guys know, this is the 2012 Rolling Stone greatest albums list. Uh, it did not make the cut of the 2020 updated, but the record went platinum seven times. Jesus. And let's talk about this. This is something that I found. It's, it's totally, uh, I think this is kind of cool. Uh, Joel's sales uh, stand at 81.5 million units. That is 6 million ahead of Michael Jackson putting Billy Joel six all time, only behind the Beatles, Elvis, Garth Brooks, Led Zeppelin, and the Eagles, or any Eagles. You can't even call them the Eagles. They're Eagles. 
Mm. Now think about that. In the, in that list, who's who's a solo artist, right? He's Garth, yeah. Elvis, Garth. Garth and Elvis. Garth is a whole different subsection that is like country music. You know, the fact that you keep finding out that this dude sold, he's in the top fucking, you know, 10 of, of greatest ar- you know, albums sold, numbers sold ever. Then you just realize that it's like, man, that, that dude, the country music world is just so big. And to have a superstar like Garth Brooks be listed with Elvis and the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Led Zeppelin, I get Eagles. I get Elvis. I get Beatles. I get yeah. Billy Joel. I, I bet you, if you ask, you ask 10 people, do they know who Billy Joel is? I bet you, Six say yes, five say no. Six say yes, four say they don't. He's really? not. I don't. I just don't. I well, don't know. I mean, I think like in today's you know kids, they're not going to know who Billy. Joel no. Is. Yeah, I don't. Have you guys, yeah. Which is crazy. Wait, hold on, Adam. Did you find the TikTok Zanzibar dance thing I asked for? Pull it up now. Pull it up now while we look, and I'll, I'll give you some more. Uh, but here's I, my here's the question I asked: Is that where does Billy Joel land in in all time American solo artists? Okay, so you've, you've got Bruce Springsteen, right? He's in there. Yeah. Uh, who else now? You've got uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. Bob Dylan? No, I wouldn't, put, I wouldn't put John Cougar up with Bruce and Billy okay, at Bob all. Dylan? Bob, Bob Dylan? Dylan? Yeah. Well, you know, there was something that went down on Twitter during the pandemic. Somebody made a point saying, what is the – oh, wait, never mind, because they said bands. I was going to yeah. say – because so somebody what? did something with who is the greatest – who is the greatest American band of all time? And right. that, and because you cannot solo artists, because if you say solo artists, then you can say, you know, uh, Michael Jackson or you could say Prince, but, but we're talking Ooh, about, band. yeah, so solo artists, yeah. American, I mean, Paul Simon, Paul Simon, does he count? Yeah, but Paul, do we, we have beef with Paul Simon on this podcast because we found out he stole a lot of music from Graceland from, uh, from the band Los Lobos. It's a oh, whole really? thing on this. Yeah, we love him, but we also kind of like Paul. Tom Petty. Oh, Petty rules. Oh, Tom Petty for sure. Petty rules. But but I think I honestly think Billy Joel's bigger than Tom Petty though. Yes. Yes. For sure. So, so what else do we have? Bigger here? than Springsteen? Uh, Who's bigger? Billy Joel or Bruce Springsteen? Who's bigger? I think Billy Bruce Joel. Bruce Springsteen. I, I don't know, man. What? what? Billy Joel has more like, I think, uh popular hits. True. Like chart toppers. Chart toppers, sing along songs. Right. Yeah, but I dude, Bruce is like, I mean, he's he's certainly as American iconic. as apple pie. Yeah, certainly iconic and yeah. certainly a great songwriter, but not yeah. as many top forty hits. I would imagine. Well, I mean, you've got like, uh, I, I love Bruce Springsteen. You know, the, he's got the Born to Run album. You know, those are the popular ones. After that, a lot of them are like, you know, it's I could listen to you know the Wild, the Innocent, and the East Coast Shuffle all fucking day long, and mm-hmm. uh, but you know, there's He's got what, like Rosalita on that. And even that is not as popular as like moving out or, you know, or a yeah, ton- but born in the USA. Is it was, it was his kind of. Mix. Sure. Sure. I think that Bruce, I, I think Bruce is more iconic than Billy, but I think we're talking sales, obviously Billy. I think yeah. Billy has more hits, but I'm talking about just the image of the, of the rock star and more people know him. Yeah. You know, because I mean, yeah, Billy's the piano man, but fucking Bruce is the boss. He is. And he, yeah, true. Uh, do you, you guys uh, ever see that uh, documentary that about the 9 11 concert that, you know, McCartney, Paul McCartney put on? Yeah. There's a great scene in there uh, where McCartney is backstage and he's written this song, you know, and it's okay, but he fucking loves it. And every 
person comes in and, you know, he tells about the song and, uh, you know, he, he's trying to pitch them the song. And there's a scene where he's pitching the song to Billy Joel. And you can tell, kind of tell Billy Joel doesn't think it's a very good song. But it's an amazing moment where you see Paul McCartney pitching a song to Billy Joel. And Billy Joel, like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And you can see that Billy Joel, you know, is kind of, it's, he's in that same level. You know, it's, it's, he can stand there and have a conversation with Paul McCartney. Uh, you know, no, for, yeah, I agree. Two of the greatest songwriters ever. You know what I mean? I, no, I agree. I agree. Billy Joel. Also, I think, like I said, we talked about earlier, Billy Joel is so charismatic and he's so confident in what he can do because yeah. he's done so much with so little. I mean, he's, you know, this, he's just a regular kid from, from New York. He didn't come from, from what I, I mean, Adam, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he came from a rich family. Um, and I think there's a confidence that you guys get. We, we you know, once you, we start accomplishing shit, it's just, you just start, it's not an ego. You just start believing in yourself and you go, no, I deserve to be in this room just like everybody else. Cause look at, look at what I've done. You yeah. know what I mean? I he's wrote, like, he's like, I was in Attila. <laughs> I was in Attila, man. I was in Attila. Look at this. Yeah. Here's my cod piece. Here's, here's my Zanzibar mustache. Yeah. Also, also, here's a cool fact. Uh, Joel is the only performing artist to have played at both Yankee and Shea stadiums, as well as Giant Stadiums, Madison Square Garden, Nassau Veterans Memorial. Joel has banners in the rafters of Times Union Center, Nassau Coliseum, Madison Square Garden, Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut. There you go. There Wells you go. Fargo Center in Philly, Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, and the Carrier Dome in Syracuse. The tri and, area, the tri area. and on July 18th, 2018, Governor Andrew Cuomo proclaimed the date to be Billy Joel Day in New York State to mark his 100th performance at Madison Square Garden. And then he immediately hit on a staffer. <laughs> yeah. Billy Joel. <laughs> Billy Joel did. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Cuomo backed him up. Yeah. Hey, Josh, can I ask what is. is are there any other Billy Joel albums in this top 500 or is, you know, show? I was, it's funny that you said that and Adam back it up. Uh, go ahead. What do you got? Adam? So the stranger in the 2012 list came in at 70, but okay. in the 2020 list, it dropped to 169. Okay. And that's so it. They're, it higher. Blue, they're higher. But, but that blew my mind. Cause I was like, cause when we booked you guys, another, uh, I read, there was another comic that I'm friends with, uh, that that reached out i was like dude i'll do it and i was like well we already booked it and so he was like well I was like well, he's like well there's got to be more billy joel records coming up i go yeah for sure dude like turnstiles and glass houses yeah none man. of them are on there that's that's what blows my mind and, and i would look over the track listing for those other records i'm like dude these are all bangers how did that not make some of these other records not make the list and yet every album by fucking you know, it's not Steely Dan. What band did we do? Big Star? Like every big star, all three big star records made it really? on here. Well, yeah. It's like Eric Polhansky and Paul Sucker from Broken Lizard are the critics who are making that list. That's how that happened. <laughs> Kevin and I were doing it for the East Coast Heavy. Shots fired. Yeah, that's exactly Shots right. I'm looking fired. at those guys right now. By the way, you know, I was thinking about something you said, uh, how Billy Joel was great in between songs. Have you ever seen Lionel Richie? Because that dude has great routines. Oh, we can't hear. We can't hear. Can I go pee right now? No. You have to do your Josh uh, imitation. Go. Ah, uh, what the fuck? Where's the fucking wire? Oh, oh, Adam, put the fucking wire on. Where's the fuck? God damn it. Fuck. Hold on. I'm going to take a drag of my fucking... <laughs> oh, fuck. 
Oh, God damn it. Jesus Christ. Why of all days does it happen today? I was making the biggest point that I could make. And then hold on, right now. Hold on. Adam, can you, am I on yet? Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Motherfucking son of a bitch. Don't worry, Adam. I love you just the way you are. It's That's okay. it. I'm moving back to LA. I'm moving out. I'm moving out. I'm going back to do my stand-up routine in LA. Josh, Fuck. can you hear us still? Check, check, check. There we hey, go. Back. There you go. Okay, damn it. Dude, this always happens, dude. I hate. Well, I we'll move on because I mean it was just, you know, it was probably brilliant and I probably could have added to it, but you know. Don't worry, we no, we, we substituted uh, you. Listen, uh, Lionel Richie, Lionel Richie is great in concert in between songs. Like he's got fucking awesome routines, comedic routines between every song. But I saw him uh, at the Hollywood Bowl, and I saw him like three years later at the Hollywood Bowl, and he, he did the exact same routines. So, question: Does Billy Joel do the same routines, or does he keep mixing them up? Definitely the same routines. Okay. He's playing every night at Madison Square Garden, right? Like he's dude. It's he's got a set, bro. Bit. He's got a set because I saw him. I saw when he played the uh, the Capitol Arena in Washington D.C. I saw him three of the five nights he was there, and it was the same shtick in between each. But dude, he's a comic man. You could like his his music. He's he's a storytelling comedian. Sure. You know, he's a funny guy. If, dude, if he could have, if he wanted to be Tenacious D, he could. Mm-hmm. You have to be a big shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a humor, man. All right, do you have the TikTok thing? All right, let's see Zanzibar TikTok, and then we'll do some quickies. Go ahead and play it. I got the old man's car. I got a jazz guitar. Shiny town. She's going to pull the curtains down for me. For me. How are they turning themselves onto this song? Like my, I don't know. Did these kids? I'm done with that. No wonder. No well, where's, wonder. The, where's the Billy Joel and the Frank Sinatra thing? Did that ever uh, surface? Yeah, find that thing. Find Billy Joel. I want to end the podcast with this after we do rapid questions. You type in River of Dreams, Billy Joel uh stops he stops in the middle of the song because he's like they talk because they cut off frank sinatra because of time for ad sales they wanted to get those ad sales in and so so just find that google that while we we move on to this because question question in 52nd street did you not feel like uh billy joel sounded a little bit like david lee roth when he was howling Hmm. yes there are a couple spots where he's howling he's wow just like david lee roth you didn't think that kev um, no, go back and listen to it. There are a few <laughs> points in it where I think he sounds like Randy Newman. Ooh, I'm a big, I'm a big Randall Newman fan because of this he, podcast, he, he, he bro. Kind of his voice a little bit to sound like Randy Newman. I feel like in some of his songs, dude, it's, yeah, I could see, listen, first of all, he, he, this did, when did, when did, when did Van Halen first come out? Do we know that? 77. Uh, well, you know, and he, they were popular at the time. So maybe Billy, Billy wears his influences on his sleeve. Sure. So maybe, maybe. A couple, couple of chick counts. Maybe David Lee Roth and Billy Joel went out together. 
Speaking of canned in between song things, Van Halen was great for that. Like David Lee Roth would be like, I, I saw them in concert at the Garden, the uh, Diver Down tour, and he was he was like uh, after one song, he was like, uh, "Hey man, somebody's throwing pennies at me. Quit throwing pennies at me." Then they played another song, and after the next song, he was like, "Hey man, this person's still throwing pennies at me. Well, you know what I'm gonna do? After the show, I'm gonna fuck your girlfriend." And the place goes fucking bonkers. I saw them again the next night. He did the exact same routine. Uh... So, he probably did fuck a bunch of people's girlfriends yeah, that night. Happened, uh, Michael Anthony chugged the entire bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> yeah, playing, playing with a Jack Daniel uh, bottle base, that yeah. which is my favorite. Dude, if you Google uh, bottle, uh, chugs every night. If, dude, if you ever want to laugh, Google Michael Michael Anthony drunk on stage, and it's some of my favorite YouTube clips. Um, all right, last weird little fact about this. This album is notable for being among the first albums commercially released on the compact disc format, reaching store shelves in October 1st, 1982. There wow. you go. There you go. All right, let's get some rapid fire questions and then we'll get you guys out of here. Dude, this has been so much fun. I can't thank the both of you for coming on. This was, this was great. Um, all right, uh, so you both, I need answers from both of you, all right? Uh, favorite song on the record? Stiletto. <laughs> um, I'm going to say... Look Linda's eyes, Kev. Say it. Just no, fuck I, no, I, I, I want to say Zanzibar. I mean, I'm just going to say Zanzibar for the fucking... <laughs> okay. okay. Because I got okay. a jazz guitar. I'm going to go get Zanzibar. Fuck you guys. Kev, you should get on TikTok and do this shit. It would blow yeah, up. Dude. Yeah, dude. Kev, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. <laughs> Least favorite song on this record? Zanzibar. No. Um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, half, wait. Half, half a mile away. Time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd go with that. i go with something like, because it's just the least memorable, right? I, yeah. I, I, my first, I wrote, I couldn't wait for it to end. I just, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. 52nd Street, you know, you got to end with something stronger. And I think he thought he was ending with the, you know, the big title track and, you know. It feels, like, it feels like they, they had a few more minutes left. The producer was like, we got, we, we got three minutes. We need three minutes. And he's looking out the window. He's like, all right, let's do this. All right, so Can I'm we do a Calypso? My least favorite is the title track. I'll say that. Hey, that, that happens. That definitely happens. All right. This is a new question. I'm going to try it on both of you guys. If you could pick one moment in this album to define you, what would it be? Uh, stiletto. Why? Because <laughs> everything I do is that... <laughs> I get it. I get it. What do you got, Kev? Uh, big shot. Definitely big shot. That's, you know, as a 10 year old boy, it inspired me to join the uh, high society of entertainment. It's the Dracula part that he likes so much. You have to be a big shot. Be a big shot. All right. Uh, what song on this record would Still you up. fuck? Would you fuck to? Stiletto. <laughs> Easy. Honest. Oh, honesty. Honesty. Right? But that's not fucking. That's making love. That's making, making love, love, yeah. Baby. Deep eye contact, tantric, yeah. you know what I mean? A lot of foreplay. Best you can go. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Think dude. how many people have fucked to that song, honestly. I mean, come on. Or By the way, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> that, was, that, was one of Lionel's, that was one of Lionel's big jokes. He said, <laughs> uh, I remember one time I was walking down the street, a 300-pound man came up to me and said, Lionel, I have made love to you hundreds of times. And then the crowd laughs and Lionel goes, uh, and I said, no, you haven't. 
And then his woman came up and said, yes, you did. I was there. And the place is just going fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. Nuts. Hollywood Bowl is going crazy. They're going crazy for that, dude. Yeah. yeah. Make I mean, honesty. Yeah, that's no, that's a good one. That's I mean, it's the only one because unless you're going to get into some very like Calypso style sex, because yeah. the rest of the record you can't fuck the big shot. You can fuck. You the, can. can fuck the stiletto. Rosalinda's eyes. Maybe you, you can, can fuck, fuck the Rosalinda's eyes. Boys make love. Love. Sure. Yes. Sure, sure, sure. What do you do when Zanzibar? When Zanzibar comes up, what do you do? Is that like a goofy fuck? <laughs> that's a, that's reverse cowboy. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> it's very bouncy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, who in Broken Lizard could yeah. play Billy Joel best? Like act as him? Yeah. Well, it's got to think- be Lemmy. Lemmy's got that, you know, short uh, New York-y looking type of thing going on, you know? I don't think I don't think a big fat guy from Connecticut could play Billy Joel. Well, you play later Billy Joel, drinking, falling down the stairs, like crashing three cars, Billy Joel. Sure. Kev, Kev, this is great. Because Kevin and I have been wanting to do the ACDC story for a long time, where I play Bond, and then he plays Brian Johnson yeah. uh, in the Newsies hat. But this could be good, too. We, I could play young Billy, and you could play older Billy. Sure. <laughs> sure. Or you could just play both. I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to get you in on it, bro. Yeah, dude, you got to get in on this. Yeah, but I would end up being, you know, like uh, like his saxophone player or something like that. You know dude, I mean? the saxophone player got uh, like here's my he thing knows. about Fifty Second Street. Like on the cover, he's got the, Billy Joel's got the trumpet, yeah. and I bet his trumpet player was like, "Dude, fuck you! Like, why are you stealing my? I'm all over this record, and you're I'm the trumpet player, right? But in concert, right? Billy's not playing the trumpet. That fucking trumpet player comes out and like, you know." During Zanzibar, sure. Yeah. He and Billy are double teaming. Like it's crazy, <laughs> dude. Nothing better than a sax solo. Back what about Chandrasekhar as an Indian playing Billy Joel? Would that work? The Indian Billy Joel. I'm we sure they called that. him the Indian Billy Joel, haven't we? Often called him that. We have called him that. Yeah, when he sings "Honesty." Right. <laughs> All right, and then last question: Why should the younger generation listen to this record? Um, I think it's a, definitely a capsule, uh, a, a time capsule. There's no question about it. I think it, I think it captures an era of New York City, certainly. Sure. Uh, so I think you know it's a little history lesson. I think. Yeah, it's all, it's pure. It's also pure, and you know it's like I think uh, you know Kevin had uh, one of his uh, nieces or nephews in his car a few years ago, and. Uh, Kevin was in charge of driving the kids someplace. And when they got to where they were going, the kids got out and, and, and Kevin's brother was like, how was the, the drive? And they were like, it was terrible. Kevin played the worst music. And I know there were things like the Rolling Stones uh, on, that, on that mix. And probably- yeah. Classic really rock. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the, the kids don't understand the skill level that musicians in the 70s had compared to what they have now. You know, I'm talking about sampling Billy Joel and Billy Joel's just making the stuff that people sample. That's yeah. what I'm about. Yeah, there's something very beautiful about about not just Billy, but this record in particular. You know what I mean? It is a time capsule. It does capture, I mean, you know, like if you couldn't release a song like Zanzibar now. No. And and, and it, it was just people would be like, what the fuck is this shit? Like it's there's something that you can appreciate. And I, I think it is very 1978. Um, but then there's like half the record though is, is something that you could release now. Yeah. You know, big shot. That's, I mean, then in my life, those are great songs. Those are staples of his concert. Those are staples of my life. Um, 
So if I was giving this to a younger kid, I'd say, just listen to the first half. <laughs> listen to the first half. You know, the second half, just, and you stiletto. know. And stiletto, Josh. God, you are fighting hard for stiletto, bro. You are. I'm getting you. Uh, I'm getting. What is it? What is that? What is, what's that shirt? I fucked the guys in Hanson. Like, I, I only fucked a stiletto. <laughs> That's your shirt. Um, uh, Adam, you got the clip finally? Play it. Valuable advertising time going by. <laughs> Valuable advertising time going by. Dollars, dollars, dollars. I go walking in, dude. That—that's how you end it, man. Um. That is how you end the guys. This was so much fun. I can't thank you both enough for coming on. Um, like I said, not only just a huge fan of all your work, but this, I was just a huge fan of today's podcast. This is one of my favorites that we've done. Just a lot of fun, man. So anything you guys want to promote, please go ahead right now. Yeah, we have uh, our new season of Tacoma FDs coming out, it's coming out September 16th. We did 13 all new episodes and uh, they started airing September 16th, Thursday night on true TV. And then you can go back, you can go to HBO Max and you can binge the first two seasons on HBO Max now, Tacoma FD. And watch, watch Super Troopers, man. Watch, dude, watch. Your movies are, are so great. It's your style. You guys have created your own thing. And that's really something to applaud in this business is just to be able to get an idea and a concept together and just work like, you know, with your buddies. Uh, it just looks like what you guys are doing is so much fun, man. And I envy that because it's, it's the dream. So you guys fucking did it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure. My awesome. pleasure. Um, guys, thank you. Thank you. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy follow Steve on all social media at Steve Lemmy. That's at S T E V E L E M M E. And Kev, uh, follow him on Twitter at Heffernan Rules and on Instagram at Heffernan Lemmy. And go to their website, brokenlizard.com, for all things Kev and Steve. I want to give my listener shout out today to the one and only at Fletch3, F L E T C H3, on Instagram. I love you, buddy. Uh, thank you. Or is that on Twitter? I think it's on Twitter. Either one. It's, he's on one of them. I love this guy, man. He keeps, uh, he supports the show. He tells people about it. Uh, we're doing the listener shout out. Morty started it. I'm going to keep doing it. So, uh, thank you at Fletch three. You're the fucking man. All right. So we just listened to Billy Joel from 1978 for new music pick. We have Gabe Dixon, an American singer songwriter who's earned praise from Rolling Stone and Pace magazine for his pop soul piano and compact crunch and is often compared to BJ. You're listening to the song Lay It On Me off his album of the same name that came out earlier this year. And you can find the links on our website the 500podcast.com and if you guys want your music played on the 500 send us your song come on send it to us 500podcast at gmail.com we're gonna play it if you send it to us and tell us the album and artist that influenced you in the subject line ooh next week it's Kanye West week as we go deep 
into his 2010 incredible record, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and we got a fun guest that knows Kanye. So it's going to be a Wang Suki. Listen to the album, do your homework, stay fleecy. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Scott from Fly in the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or a band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more, as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Next Chapter Podcasts.